Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Mad Lit Musings. Today, I have a really good friend and fun writer, Sean Smucker, is joining us. Hey. Hey, Jamie Joe, How's it going? Good. I love how I open up with a, you know, close-ended, not even a question. It's just like, hey, <laughs> now talk. You're on a podcast. Say something. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny, funny. All right. So for the readers who are listening, um, you know, do what every author loves. Give us a summary of the books that you've written and your life story in two seconds and go. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, you know, five years ago, um, my first book was published traditionally the day the angels fell. I had actually self-published that book about a year and a half before that. Um, and so that was how I, that's kind of how I got into it. Um, the day the angels fell. And then there was a sequel to that one. And then three more novels leading up to uh, about, man, is it a year ago already? I guess it is a year ago. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a kind of a speedy five years, but it seems like I've packed a lot in. Yeah. It goes so fast when you're writing books because you just finish one and then you're going back to the other one for edits and then you're starting a new one and keeps your mind swirling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the last one that you had released was, it looks like in July of 2021, according to your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weight of memory. The weight of memory, right, right. So your books I've heard described are, you know, weird was one word I heard described, which I love because to me that's like the instant like okay, you sold it. Just put that word with it. <laughs> it's an instant buy for me. But um, tell us a little bit more beyond that one word adjective that I threw out there, because um, your books do really have an interesting twisty gumption there yeah 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 no thanks it's (laughs) I would say um I didn't know the genre that I was writing in was called magical realism um I just sort of I was just writing the stories that I liked to read Mm -hmm. myself so um you know stories that happen in a real world that we all sort of recognize as being a real world but then with some sort of extra element to it so you know, I had read a lot of Neil Gaiman leading up to this. Um, Ocean at the End of the Lane was a big influence on me, uh, as well as, you know, a Wrinkle in Time would be another sort of, um, you know, at least a book that begins in the real world. So mm-hmm. um, so that, that was always what fascinated me as a kid was this idea that, um, you know, there's, there's what we all agree is real. And then there are these things that maybe you can't explain or things that sort of happen in the fringes of our imagination. Mm -hmm. And are they real? Are they not real? You know, when I was in first or second grade, I went on a field trip. We have a gnome village around here. It's called the gnome village. Okay. And it's, uh, it's in the middle of the woods and some, I don't know if it's the same guy, but when I went, there was a guy who like took care of it. And we give tours and there are like these little tiny homes all throughout the woods in this area. And so I actually, like, I thought this was real. Like there are gnomes living in the woods, you know, as a kid, this was, 
I spent the next year or two after visiting the gnome village, like honestly looking for gnomes. And it was kind of like, what was that show? Oh, the littles or that. whatever, the people in the yep. walls who live in the walls. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And so stuff like that always fascinated me as a kid. And the, and as I got older, um, yeah, I just, I think I'm always kind of on the lookout. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I love that because first of all, the littles, I think I read every book in the little <laughs> series and then I watched, and then when they were a cartoon, I mean, this is dating us, Sean, let's admit it. I love but that cartoon. That yeah. cartoon was the best Saturday morning show for eons. I loved it. Um, and you mentioned the woods. And so before I go, I, I get off on squirrels. So I'm following mm. a squirrel trail, but let's go for my, it. We, we did um, an Easter egg hunt with my nieces and nephews out at our woods. And it was kind of that gnome concept, but my husband had my four-year-old nephew so convinced that there were little dwarves that would um, live underground. And if they didn't like you, they'd pull you underground. Oh, no. And so we were, we thought he, he knew we were kidding, but apparently the magical realism to him was very real. And mm -hmm. he would, he refused to go Easter egg hunting. The poor kid, my husband had to go through the woods and find all his eggs because he would not go in there he thought he was oh, going to no. get sucked into a hole by a dwarf oh so, but that imagination is just so wonderful i think it's interesting and even some of the books that i write where i'm kind of exploring the i don't know if you want to call it the spirit world that sounds really wrong but you're exploring the other parts that you can't see and you can't always explain and i've had a few readers been like how come you didn't explain this one part of it i'm like because not everything can be explained right yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And that's Madeline Engel talks a lot about that in uh, walking on water mm. about how, um, you know, how can we get, she asked the question, how can we get back to that? How can we regain the ability to believe basically? Yeah. Um, which I think is an interesting question. Yeah. How do you think that um, parallels and or complements the faith walk? When you look at that part in fiction, which we can in some ways say, oh, that's just fiction. But then in other ways, as authors, you walk out and you're still like, hmm, is there a gnome in the woods? You know, um, yeah. you know, how, yeah. how does that go hand in hand as you're writing and as you're thinking in, in your perspective on life? Mm. Well, I think asking questions is so important, you know, as someone um, as someone who's a Christian that I I know I know Christians who um who feel like they have everything in their head squared away. You know, they know all the answers. And I know Christians who are extremely imaginative and ask questions. And I want to be like that second group, you know, like it, it just, it feels like a much more interesting way to live a life. And it, and it seems like Jesus asks a lot of questions and mm -hmm. I think he invites us into those questions. I don't think he's, you know, a lot of people would probably disagree with me. I don't think he's inviting us into, um, into a concrete way of thinking that, that is just uh, like a single, a single path. But I think he's inviting us into a much more creative, imaginative way of being. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when I read a lot of the, Bible stories and you know a lot of it happened in the Old Testament where 
there's times you're like, wow. And it's neat because, you know, the explanation, if you want to call it that is, you know, the power behind it is always pointing back to the glory of God and the things that God can do in each one of these situations. But I think what's sometimes missed because as I'm not, I was gonna say as Christians, but I don't even know if that's the right term, but we try to explain things so much away that it's either black and white or it's just God. And I do believe that God is behind everything and is moving, but I don't believe that God always operates within the confines of structure as we know it. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to see in a lot of those biblical stories. And even in stories in life, you hear things that I'm like, wow, that's not, that's not really explainable within the construct that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I, I I love I love the idea of there being things that we don't know, you know, there being yeah. things that we ask questions about that we wonder about. And that's really the space that I try to write into. You know, the day the angels fell came out of this question that I had of what happens um you know with this with the creation story where you have the story of of uh Adam and Eve, you know, being kicked out of the garden and there are angels mm-hmm. left guarding the garden. Um, or the entrance to the tree of life. And I just thought, wow, what happened after that? You know, like in that right. story, what's next? And um, and so that's where my first book, The Day the Angels Came, uh, The Day the Angels Fell came from, was just wondering, you know, what could be, what could be a possibility after that? Yeah. When I was little, I used to think that, um, and I'm not entirely convinced yet, but I used to think that the angels were still there guarding mm. the Garden of Eden. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, you know, he never really did say that there was going to be an end date to this, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, job's done. You know, so I'm like, oh man, there's a little Indiana Jones in me that wants to go yeah. find <laughs> the Garden of Eden and find these angels that are still guarding it and just be like, you know, what were people's, you know, response? Did anybody ever stumble on it, right? And maybe that's what your book's yeah. about, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, so it's it's about... um these two angels and the way that I took the story was that they ended up, one of the angels tried to possess the tree of life mm. and one, and then uh, one of them realizing the other one was trying to possess it, destroyed it um, because uh, it wouldn't have been good. And so the tree continued because it's the tree of life. It continued to regenerate at various places in the world. Uh, and it just so happens to regenerate in this Valley uh, where this little boy has lost his mother and he finds out about the story and he realizes through a series of events that the tree is somewhere in the valley where he's living. So he goes out to search for the tree because he wants to bring his mother back to life. Um, but the real question in the story is, you know, could it be possible that death is a gift? And is it, it you know, if you could bring somebody back, would that even be the right thing to do? And so he's confronted with these questions mm-hmm. as him and his friend Abra go searching for this tree. Oh, yeah. Wow. Deep questions. I love deep questions like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's so true. And I think that's one thing, you know, my, my husband and I are vastly different personalities. So I'm, I'm the creative and he's the, you know, apologist. He's the, the one who's, you know, very theological and um, intellectual. And so we, we get going on things. And when we, we start discussing questions like this, he'll, he'll go to the, the bullet point list of facts and this and that, which is great. Cause I love to listen to it. Um, and then I'll start giving him my, and he's like, well, how do you back that up? I'm like my imagination, 
All right. It's good <laughs> enough for me. Right. But, you know, and that's, that's one of those things that God just seems to be this perfect mesh of that where he's, mm-hmm. he's given us enough logic and common sense and facts and evidence. And then on the flip side, there's the element of faith and creativity mm-hmm. where he hasn't given us so much that we can discount that side of, I still need to have faith to complete the circle yeah. of relationship with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I love that. Love that. So what is on the horizon for, for you? We've got all these great books and I know before we came on the air, you were talking about um, a group that you've started and some different things like that. Tell us a little bit about what readers and writers can, can find out more about with Sean. Yeah, sure. So we're opening up our uh, community. We have a community for writers called the stories between us. Um, we offer a space of encouragement, uh, learning, some accountability, and companionship. Those are the four things that we're shooting for uh, within the free side of the community. Find that at thestoriesbetweenus.com if you look at the community tab. Um, and then as far as writing goes, um, I have a, a murder mystery that my agent is shopping. And so it's interesting. This is the first time in six years, I guess, that I haven't had a book under contract. Okay. And part of it has been, part of it's been kind of nice just to not feel quite so rushed. Sure. Um, so it's been good. It's given me a little bit of time to try something a little bit new. I'm a huge uh, Louise Penny fan. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, I think it's, there's something about writing for me that has always been um, my attempt to do the things that I see other people doing that I love. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether when I was a kid, I loved The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe yeah. and The Wrinkle in Time. And so I think my first books, really, my YA books were were sort of an attempt at, you know, how can I create something that did, uh, that will do for other kids what those books did for me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think I feel kind of similar with, with um, reading like Louise Penny and William Kent Kruger and some of the, some of the sort of modern day uh, mystery writers. So uh, yeah, so I'm giving it a shot. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love to talk fiction and I love to talk about the deeper messages in fiction. And um, for those who have read Sean, you all know what I'm talking about, but for those of you who haven't check out his backlist, he's got a couple books here that just their covers are stunning. So if you're like me and you're a cover junkie, you just buy it because the cover's cool but you're actually going to be blessed when you open it up because the stories inside are just as good, if not better than the cover on the front. So that's always a good thing too. So um, thanks Sean for being with us today. I really appreciate you coming out and talking magic, magical realism with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks Jamie. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.